This episode is based around the following premise. What if David Wesley, Dave Armson and Gary Gygax hadn't met one another, hadn't taken wargaming into the realms of role-playing? Would role-playing exist today? And if it would exist today, what form would it take? I suppose the most obvious thought is to have a look at the organisations that David Wesley and Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax belong to and see would other people have taken the hobby forward in a similar way to which they did. It's entirely possible. I believe David Wesley and Dave Arneson were a member of the Midwest Military Simulation Association which was based in the Twin Cities and David Wesley in the Secrets of Blackmore documentary indicates he believes it was the largest wargaming group outside of the US military. So by the very fact that it was the largest it was probably the one that was most likely to have members who would be pushing boundaries I guess. Now, I don't know whether there were other members of that society who had the same genius, if you like, of David Wesley, Dave Arneson, to create something along the Bornstein method. But it's entirely possible, and it might just have been that we got role-playing a bit earlier than we would have done anyway, by then picking it up in the sort of round about 1967-68. So that's my first thought. My second thought is really that there were lots of other associations and organisations doing wargaming round about that time, both in America and certainly in the UK and I would imagine other parts of the world. So maybe those associations would have developed their own rules that would have led role-playing coming out of them. I mean one good example of this is on the Playing at the World blog where the discovery was made that the New England Wargamers Association actually developed wargaming fantasy rules for the first time and it's believed now that those rules were used as a basis for the ones that were tagged on to the end of the chainmail rules that Gary Gygax published in 1971. So this is evidence that there were certainly other wargaming associations that were doing their own innovations at the time. So again, maybe it was just that the Midwest Military Simulation Association got there first. And that if they hadn't, there would have been other associations with members who would have developed role-playing. My third thought then is that does role-playing as a game have to come from wargaming? And my answer to that is definitely not. The reason I say this is that I'm not a wargamer 
I've no interest in wargaming and I've never done it. And yet I am a role player and I'm interested in role playing. So that leads me to believe there is, whilst a lot of wargamers do role play, it is not necessary by a long way. And so couldn't role playing have developed from another source other than wargaming? And I think that, yes, it could have done. Uh, and I'll give a number of examples of perhaps where I think it might have come from. The first and most obvious one to my mind is uh, desktop board games. It could have come along from there. I mean, there are lots of board games that have individual characters on them, and it would not have been much of a leap of faith, much like from wargaming, to go into role-playing. It's possible it might have come out of something like corporate training. I can remember doing role-playing back in the late 80s on a corporate training course, and it might have come out of that. Another possible source could have been improv and maybe there would have been somebody who would have taken improv and created games rules for it and we'd have ended up with a more storytelling stroke role-playing acting hobby and my final thought is it could have come out of computer games if role-playing hadn't have been invented up to the point where computer games became more popularised in the 1980s, maybe with the creation of what would have been role-playing games could have led to tabletop role-playing games coming out of computer gaming as opposed to the other way around. So I think there are lots of possibilities as to where role-playing games could have come from. I suppose one additional source for role-playing could have actually been coming out of the Fantastic worlds that people were creating. I'm thinking of Greg Stafford with his Glorantha, which I believe had its origins about 1966. And also with Forgotten Realms, which I believe Ed Greenwood started to develop around 1967. So perhaps role-playing games would have actually developed with people discovering those worlds, wanting to actually interact with them. That would have been a, a, an interesting source for role-playing. One other thought I'd like to explore is, I do wonder whether something along the lines of Bornstein had actually been invented elsewhere in other wargaming groups, but perhaps was played for a while and then dropped and forgotten about. And then in fact, role-playing had gone on to some degree but had just never had the chance to have been continued, written down and published. Now I've never heard of anyone claim that this has happened but I'd be surprised if to some degree it hadn't somewhere in the world happened before. Again, food for thought. And so, on to my musing of the day. And this episode, my musing, is about terminology and naming things after anchorites. Ha! Ah, I think I've finally figured out what a Jackson is. If I've got it right, it's sending a message to an anchorite 
running out of time and then having to start another message to continue the topic. Ah, hopefully that's right. But anyway, that got me thinking a little bit because I've probably got a bit too much time on my hands uh, this afternoon. Is okay, that's a Jackson, uh, made famous by Matt Jackson. Are there any other anchorites who we could have terms named after? Now, I had a think. I, I don't know many anchorites yet, still finding my way around. But I thought, well, what would um, say we could have a doing a, a, a drive by? And that could be like, um, like old Spike Pit does, having a bit of a rant or um, uh, doing a percentile. Could be mentioning or implying persiflage in your, uh, in your episode. Or maybe doing a Webster. What do you reckon, Shay? That could be uh, a moment of self-doubt, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, any others I can think of? Uh, uh, doing a whisk. Being really enthusiastic about um, a subject. That could possibly be it. Uh, what a what a shandy andy is. I've no idea. Probably not done enough podcasts yet uh, to have a signature uh, theme. But anyway, a bit of food for thought there. Anyone got any other ideas? You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around an Audio Dungeon Discord channel.